I didn't do any preparation for this, by the way, Tony. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. Just totally so good. You know. But uh, this is fine the, with me. We're doing this semi-monthly death devlog for our Patreon supporters, and I, I just thought it'd be a cool way because the beer nights just it wasn't working out. You know, we couldn't right. all schedule to be in the same place at the same time, and I, it felt like we were underserving the people who were financing our game essentially. And so just some attempt to kind of keep them in the loop and also get a chance to know everybody on the team a little better. I mean, they hear my right. voice. I'm sure they're sick of it, but uh, each of you guys, the, the, the real, um, the, the wheels that make this bus go, um, it, we're all part of it. And, and you're a huge part of it. You're, you're an enormous part of the identity of call of Ragnar and uh, just, I know this is all just an excuse. I just wanted to hang out with you for a few hours. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> we'll be here all night. <laughs> I'll do anything I can to justify that. Fair enough. No, but how, how are you doing? What have you been working on lately for the game? We have so many new tracks that you've been sending in. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing okay. Um, so actually I'm, I'm only just now kind of coming out of the woods in terms of uh, applying how do I put this? Applying better instruments, better sounding sample libraries, better sounding orchestral libraries to older tracks, tracks that I wrote, I would even say like three years ago. I think the last one I turned in was literally one of the first ones I wrote. It was like some inner shop tune. Um, And I think like the original project file was like 2018 and like, I haven't touched it since. So not only was I going back to reapply some kind of include the more modern instruments that I'm using now, um, I had to like remix a lot of stuff from the ground up. So that process actually took me a lot longer than I thought it was going to, mm-hmm. um, from the Romar town tracks to the Avonmore castle and, and town tracks and all that stuff. Originally I was like, oh, I'm just going to go in and throw in my new better sounding flutes or whatever. And it ended up just being like starting from scratch on a lot of these songs. Um, and so initially, originally I was like, oh, it'll take me a few months. It was like five months, maybe six months of like remixing these original tunes. So that's finally done. Uh, so now, now I'm working on pretty much, I guess you could say all new stuff from this, from this point moving forward. So dungeon music, cave music, uh, just like kind of your, your stereotypical, I don't want to say stereotypical, but like the track, the kind of music that like every game has, right? Like... <laughs> Dungeon, dungeon tunes, uh, you know, battle music, dialogue tracks. Uh, Damian wants some kind of throughout the game, throughout the story for like tense moments, for peaceful moments, mm-hmm. for lighthearted moments, for comedic moments. When you're talking to a soldier, like certain tracks devoted to those little dialogue elements. So that's going to be a lot of fun, actually, because they're all going to be kind of shorter, all going to be kind of little bits and pieces, but va- hugely varied in style. So that'll be fun to make all of those. Yeah, it's... So just to kind of back up a little bit when you, you're yeah. replacing the instruments, meaning you're, you're going into the MIDI file and you're just changing the voice of So is that like a, you just change the sound library and you're done or no, because yeah. again, you, you when made you're it sound so with, simple, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why it took me so long was because, yeah. so not to get too technical, but the, the original stuff that I was using was all made by a company called East West. And mm-hmm. they, uh, I actually really like their stuff. Now but, you're using North South. What's that? No, so now you're using- <laughs> North South. <laughs> no, so now I'm now I'm using the the orchestral tools mm-hmm. Berlin 
symphonic series for everything but the strings because I actually really like the east-west strings. Um, but basically, every library of that kind of caliber, right, no matter who makes it, all these different companies make all these libraries, these sample libraries, is that everything has its own quirks, its own, you know, uh, when you when you program it a certain way and one from one sample library, when you just if you just to copy and paste, it wouldn't always work. You know, it might be too loud or too quiet or too annoying or something. Um, and you know, some instruments may have certain resonances, right? Or like, so I had to kind of go back and re EQ everything and recompress everything. So it ended up just being a huge remix process. Um, and it was actually kind of a side note. It was actually the second remix process. Cause originally when I first started working on this game, we were going for the old school MIDI sound. Like we were going for like the, the lo-fi kind of 1999 sound, uh, that you'll hear in quake and all that, you know, doom and all those things. And then it was like, well, I don't know if we want to deal with this. Like it may, we kind of want it to may sound a little bit more modern. So then I remixed it to make it sound more modern. And then most recently I went back to remix that modern part for now what I'm currently using. So it was just kind of like, I've had to, I've had to listen to some of those songs too many times to count that I'm kind of glad I'm at this point. Like now everything moving forward, it's like, I have what I need. Everything's set in place. Um, this is, this is officially going to be the direction of where the music will be from start to finish. Um, because you know, there's only so many times you can go back to redo something, right? You can you can only move forward at some point. Yeah, I want to take a moment just early on before we get too far in. There is an air show happening near my house for the people listening, and I will do my best to edit it out. But <laughs> if some of it makes it in, <laughs> I'm just apologizing ahead of time. But yeah, then that's so cool. Like the whole there's there's so many like minute details that you never really understand about the process that someone is doing what their work is and until you do it yourself or, you know, really have them explain it or observe. I mean, like, you know, a podcast even seems very simple. You know, you record the audio, you slap it into an editor, you put a theme song on it and you throw it out into the world. But there's, you know, every time I meet someone who's like, uh, you know, like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. You want some, some, you know, can you give me some advice or like, how would I go about this? And I'm just like, good luck. (laughs) <laughs> like this, yeah. it's a lot. There's a lot to it, and it is once you understand it all, it becomes like routine and simple. And but like, right? Explain it to someone. You know, like how do you get your stuff on iTunes and all these other services right. and things like that? I mean, like, and which you know which uh host site do you use, and and how do you market it? And like, and in in your case, like, how how does this guy make all these instruments and <laughs> sound so good? And I don't, I don't get it. So it's so complex. It's but, fun though. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, I will say that there are times and days where there are so many parts of the process where I just like between you and me and the rest of the people who listen to this, <laughs> it's like that sometimes there's a lot of the process that I'm just not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll have to, I, I will, I will say that it's usually when I'm usually when I'm stressed in other parts of my life. So mm-hmm. if I'm like stressing out about, I don't know, something else in my life, that's usually when I'm like, ah. Oh, the last thing I want to do right now is edit some MIDI data, right? Um, whereas, like, I have more fun doing the actual create, like, the actual notes. Like, this is what the harmony is. This is what the melody is. That's, for me, that is by far the most fun part because that's what I grew up with. I grew up with just sheet music and handing it to people. So adding in the technical stuff, that, for me, it's it's been a journey, I would say, a big a lot of hills and valleys of coming to love the actual process yeah. of the more programming mixing that sort of thing 
though I did bring on a mastering, I'm going to have someone master someone else master it. Cause that's its own. I mean, I can do a, a decent enough job, but I want it to be really good. So I'm going to bring yeah. on my friend Trey to master it. Yeah. I saw the, the tweet the other day. Cause my response was like, Hey, you can't hire somebody without telling. I'm just fucking <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry about <laughs> it. Outsourcing. <laughs> we, we just, we hired someone. We got a new team member and no one told me, but that's just a reflection <laughs> of me being the very absent pro- you know, project manager that I've been lately. We can call um, it outsourcing. We don't have to call it hiring. We can call it no, outsourcing. It's, it's awesome, man. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's just, no, that's really cool. So like what, what is difficult for you? Like what, what makes mastering the thing that you're like, I'm not, I'm going to let someone else do it. Like, So I would say there's, there's two components to that. The first yeah. of which is the actual process, right? Again, I kind of know, okay, this is what mastering looks like. Here's the audio file, not all the instruments together, not the individual tracks, but this is the whole finished file. Okay. Make it sound better. Make it sound more polished. Make it sound smoothed out, you know, fixing dynamics and all this, all this stuff that like when you hear a song on the radio, you've got the guy, you've got the person who mixed it and you've got the person who mastered it. They're usually two different people. And then you have like the 10 songwriters, depending on if it's a pop artist or <laughs> like, or just like, you know, a band, whatever it is. But the mixing and mastering is two separate processes. And for me, over the course of my journey, a lot of what I've learned and a lot of what I've kind of worked on in terms of the technical stuff is the mixing side. When it comes to mastering, there's a lot of tools, a lot of things and helpful guides, but it's just as much a skill as it is composing, you know, producing, songwriting, you name it. Mastering is its own niche. And I can kind of get my way through it for the sake of like, here's what it could sound like pretty good. Trey, my friend Trey is, uh, he's done some mastering for some albums of mine, uh, my more singer songwriter type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done a phenomenal job and testing the waters a little bit. My last release my last EP release was very orchestral. It was vocal plus orchestra, but it was very orchestral and he did a phenomenal job. I was like, okay, I know I can rely on him for, or an orchestral soundtrack, uh, right. in terms of getting it just to, again, going from track to track, or let's say you're walking in the town and then you go into a battle, making sure that the bass isn't too loud in comparison to the previous track. Like it's just kind of leveling everything out. So it all kind of fits into the same box. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the, that's kind of the skill. And it's, that's the first component. The second component being that the reason why I don't want to do it is because I know the songs so well, and I know all the tiny details that it can be nice to have someone who's kind of looking at it like, you know, you go to a museum and you see a very beautiful painting, like the, the painter would know all the tiny little, uh, you know, little details. Whereas me as a consumer, it's like, okay, that's the painting. It just, you see the big picture where like having him master it, he's not going to probably care about the little, little things that I personally would be kind of leaning into, you know? So it's good to have someone who doesn't, who hasn't heard it a thousand times already to do that job. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like a, a second set of eyes, even you know, maybe right. you know, he. I understand where that comes from. Where it's like the, there are things about yourself, even maybe that you accept, like you just like that's normal to you that you don't realize, and then having someone else there to, not um, gloss over the things that you usually just right don't deal with. I'm doing a poor job of orating what I'm trying to say here, but I think you get it. Yeah, um, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see, I'm, he's working on it right now. I'm excited as the time of this recording, I'm excited to see this first batch of stuff. Cause it's mostly going to be for 
you know, the, the demo and the early access and all that's all the stuff that he's working on now. I'm kind of going chunk by chunk, mm-hmm. um, with him, but it'll be, it'll be really cool. I haven't heard anything yet, but it's always, it's always fun to hear kind of like his approach. And again, usually it's very, you don't even know it. Usually it's just like, oh, this sounds better. Like anytime I've worked with a mastering engineer, it's like, I don't know what you did, but it just sounds better. So, hey, you know, <laughs> I take it. They threw it through Auphonic or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And charged me an arm and a leg. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's always the best thing when it's like, you know, you get hired to, I don't know, let's say it's like work on a website or whatever. Or let's say you're a, even better, you're an electrician and somebody hires you to do a job that seems like crazily overwhelming and you, you go up in the attic and you realize it's literally just like plug it back in or something like that. You come down. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Oh yeah. There goes that paycheck. Gotta make this one last an hour guys. Just sit up there for a long time. Eat a sandwich. (laughs) Um, No, I'm just, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really neat, man. That's so interesting that you, you think about everything. Like you're, you're not, a lot of people would just say, I'm going to do it myself because uh, that, but you're like, you're willing to say like, this is not my forte and mm-hmm. it'd be better if I pass it off or conversely, you know, just freeing up some of your time, even like right. if you had to master every single track, maybe you're not working on the next one or something like that. Right. And that's, that's, I would say kind of part of the decision is for right. the last I would say for the last couple of projects, aside from Call of Saragnar, I did it all myself. And again, did a well enough job where no one would really know, like, no one would say, oh, wow, the bass in this one is like 30 times louder than the, like, I, I know enough to kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of mask, mask my uh, slight inadequacies with, with mastering. But um, it's the, it's the thing now, okay, I've got Call of Saragnar, I've got a couple other projects at the same time in order to kind of keep the train moving. Right. It's like this whole process, because it's, I would say it's my weakest point. It's better, my better use of time and money and energy and everything to yeah. hand it over to someone else. Um, and again, I, I, I've seen his mastering work on his, on his stuff, my stuff. And it's like, man, it's like, and he's a good friend. And I think that's, that's also helpful too, is, is it's not just like some rando, like, you know, maybe it would be cool to have my music mastered by whoever masters, you know, all the Marvel soundtracks or whatever they're, you know, whatever it is, but like, sure, that would look cool on paper. But if I don't know the person, um, I don't know. I, I like, I like the idea of kind of keeping it with within people that I I know and trust. Right. It's a part of the thing that I like the most about our team in general is that you know, it a it's very small, but everyone's like very just intercommunicative. You know, that everyone's right. really good at saying like, this is what I need, or this is what you know, whatever, and then it just gets done. And you can right. trust that as opposed to working, you know, in some other projects that you, I, I've involved in, like uh, working in Jira with like a whole, you know, scrum and uh, all that, you know, mm-hmm. like task tracking and everything. And like, maybe at some point, call us Ragnar would get to a place where that might be necessary. But for me, my end, like, I don't even look project manager. What the fuck do I do here? <laughs> like you guys just manage yourselves. So like, <laughs> as long as the house isn't burning down and I, I don't have to. Right. <laughs> do anything. Yeah. Um, but and it's really, uh, it's really been interesting though, like just getting to know that and like seeing how you guys function in, in general, like, uh, there, we full disclosure to the people out there. There's one chat, you know, like in our discord, that's dev team and all of the business for the, you know, other than me, like asking for marketing stuff in the other discord, everything just gets done. Everybody just 
talks and takes care of it. And it's like, uh, as opposed to like Valkyrie where there's, there's more people working on the game, but it's like, there's every person has like their tasks and you have to check them off when you're done. Just, just to keep everybody in the same uh, headspace. Like we know, did, did that get done? You know, that person's in a different country or asleep or whatever. You just go and look through it. Okay. That that didn't get done. That that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm working on one uh, game called Evercraft online. It's kind of like a spiritual successor to EverQuest. Yeah, I saw um, it, uh, that when you you posted something about it, and I started looking. I was like, man, I might. I don't usually play that kind of game, but this looks cool. Like, maybe I'll yeah, play. yeah. Thank the, the the devs are doing great, and they I think they they frequently chat with like previous developers in EverQuest who have their own Twitch channel, and they, so it's really. I mean, they're really connected with the EverQuest community, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting. And of course, the music. You know, when, when I did some music tests for for the for the lead developer, um, I was like, he, you know, here's the same tune. You know, you can have it kind of hyper realistic, like super realistic orchestra, like I'm doing for for Kolf Sagnar, like kind of middle of the road, like maybe like PlayStation Two style, and then like old school, like MIDI sounding stuff. And he was like, oh, we got to go MIDI. So it's been really fun to kind of have that contrast of like Kolf Sagnar is kind of musically stylistically still kind of classical sounding and then also classical sounding over here, but really Roland like ultra MIDI sounding. Um, that discord is very much what you were describing with Valkyrie right. with kind of multiple channels and like, here's the music channel and here's the whatever channel. And um, I'm kind of, I kind of just take care of my own. Like here's the track listing. Here's my nicely color coded Excel sheet. These ones are done highlighted in green, this, you know, version numbers and all that stuff. So I like to do that just to make sure that everyone else like doesn't have to worry about it. Like I just kind of do that on my own time. It's just like, here's the mixed version number that you're using and these masters and whatever. Um, But again, I feel like music is, is unless it's super dynamic music and you have to really be involved with a lot of the programmers and stuff. um, I would say music is kind of like, does it work and does it blend with the sound effects? And if so, then Good luck. We'll see you when the game's done. You know, it's kind of it in a way it's a blessing and a curse, I'd say. Yeah. It's really a, it's cool that you ended up working on another project that is the, a spiritual successor to another game that has a, a, a known reputation. It's kind of like EverQuest is huge, right? Like, um, right. With, from a marketing standpoint, it's like if you are making something that isn't, you know, it is inspired or is a spiritual successor or right. like a, sequel or whatever to something else uh it's important to serve the community that already exists for it you know you can't right. just change reinvent the wheel and change it and then like to to such a great extent that you alienate the people who are the number right. one demographic for what you're t- selling to right um luckily betrayal at crondor only like 16 people or whatever even played that i'm kidding but uh, <laughs> i gotta say i'm trying to play it i'm trying to play it i really am but it's so like we as a community of gamers have been so spoiled. Like you go back and try and play it and it's like, you have this little box, you know, this little visual box and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is what, you know, 22 years ago, that was the coolest thing ever. Now it's like, I, (laughs) are you playing it in DOS box? Yeah. Oh, you can make it full screen. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like even the the visual, like oh, yeah, the yeah. movement, you know, where you're moving around because you have like the permanent UI yeah, that's okay. so it's almost like you're perpetually looking through like a, like some binoculars all the right. time. Um, it's 
it's just, I'm not gonna, I'm going to be very honest here and say it's, it's a struggle, but I, I'm promising I'm making myself play it because <laughs> maybe it'll grow on me. Maybe it'll just like, because uh, I will say the story, everything is very fascinating. It is like reading a good book. It's, it's great for what it is. It's great. It's just, it's almost like you have to turn back the internal clock. It's like, okay, this isn't Skyrim. You know, it, it doesn't control as, as seamlessly or as, as what we're used to. Right. The, I mean, the very first time that I broke out that game, I mean, I understood ahead of time, like, this is going to be rough. Like, <laughs> yeah. But once I got into the groove, it it became natural again. Like, oh, I can just, you know, oh, now okay. I'm just, you know, once you're like two or three hours into a sitting at your desk, banging out on this game, which I did like a whole day of like, I was just playing the first episode and like, oh, nice. And, and we made it fun because I had a red eyes green dragon with me. Oh, great. And we were, we were like, voice acting all of the dialogue in like in the most inappropriate accent for that, you know, like it uh, for that character or whatever. And it was really, it yeah. made it fun. Honestly, I thought about it like that might be really fun to do like just as a stream in general is just like g- grab some friends of ours who do or, or just who are funny. They don't even have to be voice actors and play the whole game. Doing yeah. that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sat down I think my wife was somewhere. I think she was out with a friend. And I was like, well, I got like 30 minutes, an hour to try this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to need more time. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to need more time to get used to this. Yeah. Uh, 30 minutes is not enough. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, it is, I, I will say like, I, you know, I do enjoy, I really do enjoy that type of stuff. It's just, again, it's when you become so modernized yeah. and everything is so just, I mean, everything now, no matter what game, what system you're playing it on. Everything is so streamlined. Um, yeah, it's cool. And I actually really like how Damian, you know, I did, and with what I did play, I see how Damian is kind of taking that style, but also making it way more accessible. Um, yeah. And not to say, not to say that Betrayal is inaccessible. It is. It just takes, it's a steeper learning curve these days. But I like how Damian's kind of taking the approach while, while making it more uh, modernized, modern friendly, so to speak. Right. And that was like a fundamental design pillar that right. I, I mean, it was important to me when I first looked at the project and was like, okay, if we made Crondor exactly like it was or the first time around, nobody would buy this. Right. You know, and like, so that, and this is a, normal, again, a lot of retro games like have to take this into consideration in general, because it, right. you, and I, I think I've said this a million times, you don't, want to recreate the game you want to recreate the feeling the game made in you right that makes sense and yeah it's a it's i mean it's perfect it's coming out really great and i yeah. love it um when i the first time i played it i had never played crondor like i understood what it was but mm-hmm. you know, i playing seregnar and i was just like this is awesome but there were some weird things that damian held strong to that I didn't understand until we talked yeah. about it later. Like, you know, like originally there was the footstep sound thing and like the, just little quirks and right. stuff like that. Um, and once I actually broke out uh, Crondor and like really dove deep into it, suddenly a lot of things in Seregnar made a lot more sense. And I hope, yeah. uh, because yeah. this is our Patreon supporters listening, like <laughs> I hope that they're not like afraid because some of the people contributing to the project are like not experts on the game or whatever, like that right. kind of thing. Yeah, because we, we got, we have the expert that's Damian. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm totally just trusting Damian. Cause he, he knows, yeah. he knows way more than I think anyone else on the team, I would say oh, in yeah. terms of sort of what, 
he has a vision. Let me put it that way. He's got the he's got the vision down pat. Um, and I always say, you know, that's why I'm always saying I'm just so grateful you've got me on board because it's like, you know, this is really his baby. This is his project. It's like all I can do is just do what he wants me to do. You know, <laughs> that's it. And then I, you know, I trust that he will take care of the rest because um, I think I think what's so what's so great what's so great about his process is that he is, he is, he's very communicative with the, with the community He's very communicative with the patrons uh, and, and his Patreon. And he's taken so much feedback to heart over the years. I mean, I've seen things go back and forth. I mean, even for music, it went from like, you know, realistic to, Oh, let's try the lo-fi sound and then back to the realistic stuff. And now it's, it's like now, like three years later, it's like, here's the stuff that's officially grounded and now moving forward. Um, so in a way it's actually really cool that he, he took a lot of time, I would say, over the last few years to really just kind of make sure that things were moving in the right direction for the people supporting it and for, right. you know, kind of, again, as a spiritual successor. I'm, And you don't see that a lot. You don't see someone literally take years just to, like, fine-tune the smallest things before he really then moves forward with the rest of the game. Right. No, it's like... It's a labor of love for sure for him. And yeah. it's, I mean, honestly, like it's it sometimes I feel like if, if he weren't doing this game, what, like, what would he be doing? Cause this is like his purpose in life or something. Right. Like he's yeah. feels so strongly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, that's an appropriate thing for an artist of any kind to feel like, hopefully this means a lot to you. Otherwise the passion won't shine through and it's just a, right. You know, it's just work. Uh, the, the fact yeah. that he's, yeah gone so long you know keeping the same track moving forward and um doing this you know basically part-time after his day job so he has a day job and a wife and a kid and he he's like he's a father he's all these awesome things yeah and then also puts in more work than uh i don't know how like how many hours could possibly be in the day and he's like a really well-rested you know responsible individual it's like i don't (laughs) get it like i don't understand uh i'm like (laughs) Like half the time, he's like, uh, "Oh, I'm going on vacation or whatever." I'm like, "Weren't you just on vacation?" Yeah. And then I'm like, "When does the work get done? When does?" <laughs> yeah. That's a, that confuses me about uh, not to grossly stereotype, but European people in general, oh, as I opposed know. to our American mindset of how labor works. Like, there's something missing here that we're not getting because yeah. I'm just like, "What are you guys doing? You're on vacation yeah. again?" <laughs> like, it's crazy. Oh, I know. I have plenty of European friends who are going on their holiday multiple times a year. And I'm like this, I'm jealous. I'm pretty sure like job descriptions will be like, you have to be working 50 weeks out of the 52 weeks of the year. You know, it's like you get two weeks tops of vacation or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, but I, that's why I, I always emphasize if I can sleep to people, especially, especially composer, the composer computer community is very, I would say is a, is a very, um, if I say so myself, uh, a victim to that, that kind of frankly, like balls to the walls, like go hard or go home. You know, like there's, I've seen so many composer friends of mine just burn out myself included uh, a couple years ago that I've since really like made sure that I kind of take care of myself. Um, Cause I think there's this certain idea of like producing and then making sure you show it. It's, it's this back and forth of like, okay, well, I have to, I have to make something and I have to put it on my Twitter in order to kind of keep going. And so anyway, but that's a different topic for another day. But <laughs> so I'm a huge advocate for like getting rest, uh, you know, just 
just basically taking a day off away from everything, I think, mm-hmm. is so critical. Um, and Damian does that too. He, I mean, he, he, you see him posting pictures from his hike with his family and stuff like that's awesome. You know, I'm glad that he, he takes that time. Um, cause that's what kind of at the end of the day, when he's done making call Sagnar, it, that's, that's the stuff that's going to matter, you know? Yeah. And that, that's another thing about it in general is that because everyone here, like probably me the least, you know, I'm probably the one who's like the most balls to the wall all the time, like never take a day off kind of mindset. And I think that comes from my professional background in general, but right. he, the fact that everybody is, you know, resting and taking care of themselves means that the game will eventually happen as opposed to, you know, if you burn yourself out on it and it gets to the point where like, none of us want to even think about this game anymore. Right. God forbid, like you just said, I've thought about it and I just, I can't do it anymore guys. I'm over it. I don't want to see this game ever again. And and then you just, we're done. And then we don't have like, how are we going to, we can't replace you. We can't definitely can't replace Damian. So yeah, no, it's, it's true. There was a time I will say it was about, it was when I first started. So Mm -hmm. to 2018, when I first joined up here, um, when my, my wife was actually dealing with some pretty, some pretty difficult health things mm-hmm. that was uh, just making everything, literally everything became, everything became hard. Like it was like, okay, home life is hard. Now everything's hard. Um, that I got, I got very close. And I'm really, I'm and I even told Damian this at one point, I told him, I told both him and Ben this. I said, there was a point where I was like this close to being like, okay, I just can't do this project. It's too big. I just need to, you know, you'll find someone else. I came very close to, to making that, to having that conversation. Um, but I hung in there and I'm really grateful that I did because I think at this point for me, Call of Sagnar currently is, and probably will be something that I always will, will look back on and be like, I'm, I'm just so grateful for this project. Uh, just given, given the, just the people I work with. And of course the, 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 um, you know, the style of game, of course, and, and the game itself and all, all that stuff the style of music. But I, I, I still, sometimes I think when I get real stressed and overwhelmed, I'm like, don't make any decisions because the decision to stay when you really were stressed out and really were like having a tough time was the best thing you could have done. Cause now I, I really see sort of the, the fruits of, of the labor that not only that I put in, but just as a, as a group, um, what the game is turning into and, and where it'll go. And I have no doubt. I mean, I have no doubt. I have full confidence in you and in Damian that people will see this and people will play this and people are going to love it. I mean, yeah. they may say, well, I don't know about the music, but they'll, they'll love the game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> The thing for me is that Seregnar is like the easiest part of my day. Like yeah, someone, I was talking to another, I think it was Ted the other day and we were just, you know, comparing notes, like what's he doing at dread X? What am I doing within the keep? And, yeah. and vice. And I, and I, st- I was talking about all the different, uh, you know, stuff that goes on, like it's so stressful dealing with this and that, and, you know, people having, you know, different schedules and just trying to keep everybody on the same page moving forward. And, and then he's like, what about that other game? And I was like, Oh, Seregnar, it's doing great. I haven't like, I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's not anything. It's a bad about Valkyrie. It's just that it's, there's just more moving parts. Mm-hmm. And so that's what creates it. But that for like I said, I could just, I've, are, the reason why I'm here, while we're talking right now, is because when Damian asked me originally, he's like, would you like to come on as like be a project manager for this game? And I wrote, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen this, right? I wrote out that whole 
why not to hire me or any project manager yeah. for your game thing? Like, I don't, I don't think I'm necessary. I mean, I'm glad that I can be helpful. And in the background, I think I have been in a lot of ways. Yes. But uh, this is not going to be like <laughs> hard work for me at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. That's okay. Because yeah. that, you know, you got to have balance. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for it. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's it's been really cool just seeing some of the the remasters and the, the stuff that you've done recently. You've posted in like the dev discord, like some of the music that I haven't heard before, you know, I haven't heard yeah. all the music, you know, I've, I hear, I've heard the theme song like a million times and I've, you know, <laughs> the things that are in the demo that I actually interact with, but some of the stuff I'm like, Oh, I haven't heard this one yet. Yeah. And, uh, or at least, you know, haven't ingrained it in my head yet. Right. But I sent you like, I got so obsessed with the theme song that I was like playing it on multiple different instruments, like trying to, <laughs> Yeah, I have like the heavy metal version of it now. I did the twelve string guitar version of it, <laughs> uh, and it's an honor for <laughs> to hear that that kind of arrangement. Honestly, um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 I will say I'm I'm probably most proud of the of the main theme. And it actually I wrote I actually wrote the, the melody for that, uh, and or, I orchestrated it you know quite a bit when I I guess that was 2019 2018 I forget. Um, when I got it live recorded, I went back in and reorchestrated it with just, you know, you learn, you, you create, you grow, you learn. So I just wanted to make sure it was of, of modern quality. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that it's, I hope, you know, my hope is that if, if people play the game and they don't, they don't remember a thing about the music, I hope that they remember that that's going to be, that's like the one, my, literally my only goal. You know, because again, it's not about the music; it's about the game; it's about the cohesive project. But I will say, just as a personal thing, like when people finish the game or when they walk away from playing it, like I hope that they just remember that little, you know, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, I hope they just remember long. that. That's <laughs> that, what happened that, you know? to me. Like the, as soon as I heard it, then I, you know, I walked away, and the first thing that I wrote back, to, I think I wrote back to you about um, in the in the chat, was like the fact that I did continue to have that we'll call it you know a riff in my head for so long means like this is not just some you know because a lot of projects that are classical music or whatever just they sound like classical music and that's about it yeah and then there's those ones that really stick you know there's you know everything that uh you know all the all the star wars themes and jaws mm-hmm. what's that guy's name uh john, john williams yeah john williams like that was what he was good at was making those theme songs that just creep into your mind and you, you, you right you know, to me, like that's what makes really cool songs. There's really interesting stuff. Like uh, one comparison I always draw is like, you ever heard "Rap God" by Eminem? Uh, no. <laughs> so, okay, well, you you don't need to, but so it's just this song where he's just showing off all of his skills. But to okay. me, at least, there was nothing about it that was like memorable, other than the fact that he's just being amazing at what he does, right. or something like that. And like Eddie Van Halen's "Eruption," right? Okay, yeah. Like this this is not a song with like recognizable peaks and valleys and like a, something you settle into. It's just him showing you how damn good he is at the guitar. Right. And a lot of classical music comes across that way to me, at least you're like, I'll put it on and like, it's just music, just noise. Yeah. But he was an orchestrator. You might appreciate some detail about that, right. that I would never recognize because it's just right. not my, what I do. And I don't know what goes into it necessarily. Um, I don't remember how I got on this tangent, but <laughs> The theme. Well, yes, so yeah. I, something about the theme. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Uh, 
I don't the know. fact that it is recognizable and did make right. me hum means it's a great theme song. That's what I was trying to say. And I, yeah. I appreciate that tie. I really yeah. do. And I think that's for me, like that's just kind of a personal mission. I went into, I went into doing the game music thing uh, with the fact, with knowing the fact that sure. The first <laughs> couple projects I did were, were, were kind of pseudo like the ambassador fractured timelines came out last year. That was kind of like hip hop, orchestra stuff i don't even know what that was um even the developers and like we're still we still talk and i'm like i'm like dude i was like i was like guys i don't know why you made me make this style <laughs> they're like well we love your we love your orchestra stuff but we want lo-fi celtic hip-hop and i'm like okay um yeah. so i went into the game music scene knowing that the orchestra stuff was going to be kind of my thing right mm-hmm. sure i may work on stuff that's not all realistic orchestra all the time which is fine that's just part of the part of the work, but I'm sticking to my guns because, you know, what you see now, a lot of, at least in the, in the larger indie scene, you know, maybe, maybe out outside of the 3d realms scene, I would say, uh, what is most common now is very, um, electronic kind of like, almost like everything is an anime. Like I don't, and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. I mean that in like, that's something that I probably will never do. Right. Um, and I have had a close, close couple of friends and colleagues who just, oh, I'm going to, you know, kind of do this trend. And so I, I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the future of indie. I know another composer who shall remain nameless. And they said, you know, they're like, well, getting music recorded live is like a thing of the past. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep going. You know, I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed because this is, that's, that's my first love with music right. is, 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 is the live performance element and it's the kind of thing that if, if not call of Sagnar, then hopefully project in the future or whatever, my goal is to just stick to this style. And if it returns, I mean, if, again, a good, a good example is look at the, look at the, I don't know how much of you listen to the final fantasy soundtracks, but like mm-hmm. final fantasy seven, eight, nine, 10 was very orchestral, very like you're listening to classical music practically. Um, I'm still listening to it. My cat's trying to come under the door of the, Oh, baby. She's going to be a guest on the show today. Oh, I got her. Ah. There we go. <laughs> Say hello to Marie. Hi, Marie. I'm leaving this in, by the way. I'm not going to edit it. <laughs> That's fine. I was like, I suddenly looked up and I was like, you're leaving. I was like, okay, I guess. No, no, no. Never no. mind. <laughs> the door is right there. And like, I could see her. She, I could hear her like, meow, meow, meow. And she had her little oh. paws under the door. Oh. She's just like wanted to get to me because she was afraid that I'd left her or something. <laughs> That's okay. I, I understand. My cat does the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, there's been this natural tra- trajectory of um, orchestra music being very popular in games and then suddenly kind of moving away from that a little bit. Um, and so the I would say, and I've, I've I've had conversations too, where like the certain struggle for us fellow com- orchestra people, it's like, it's not really the most popular thing right now, which is okay. Um, but it's, it's also, right? <laughs> what's that? Well, there's like peaks and valleys to everything, you know? Right. And yeah. one, you know, if you stick to your guns right now and you stay being the guy that you are, you know, once everyone else has given up on live recordings and all this kind of thing, one day somebody with a lot of money is going to come along and be like, <laughs> I really want to do a live recording for my game. You know, I think that's the appropriate thing. And they're like, yeah, who does that? Who could we reach out to? And you're going to be the only guy in town and you can charge them whatever you want. <laughs> right. That's kind of the goal. I mean, yeah. to put it, 
<laughs> to put it blunt. No, but in all sin- in all sincerity, it is it is just it's something that I don't want to lose because I, I would say over the last year, sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm signed on the Call of Sagnar and then a few other things, and I I've been going back and forth of like ah, it's like do I even feel, am I even like part of this larger community anymore? And I know that I get very existential sometimes, but um, it, it, it it's definitely been kind of eye-opening to see mm-hmm. like how much the indie music, indie game music is moving into this like almost, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like Animal Crossing meets anime. Like it's, it's whatever yeah. this little like very chill, almost hip hop, almost chill just hop. like light yeah. chill hop. Yeah. yeah. Chill Every, hop, low vibe beats to study to that kind of shit. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's so popular, which is fine, but it's, it's like, I'm like, this is not me. I was like, well, I want to get down and dirty with like my big brass <laughs> swells and string lines, you know? Um, but yeah, so I don't know, random tangent, but it's, it's, it's the re I think it's, it's also such a, why Call of Sagan is such a gift to me because it's like this is this is this whole game I can really lean into what I know and love, yeah. um, and sure not everything will be live recorded but we've got a, you know I'm I'm bringing on vocalists I have a uh, brought on Caitlin Isaacson for a Temple song there's going to be uh, Tia is going to be another vocalist and then uh, Julie Elvin I want to bring on for you know some some core tracks so it's it's going to be really neat yeah. to see how many live performers will be featured. I've got a friend, Nat Willow, who will be playing violin. So like, while I may not be able to hire a whole orchestra for the whole thing, I will be bringing on, bringing on soloists uh, to kind of just keep the live element alive. And I'm probably going to sing something of my own accord somewhere in there. I have to, if there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a bard song somewhere. I can just really be Tony, the bard. We got to <laughs> We got to convince Damian. <laughs> I've been, you know, it, it, but he's, he's very, you know, uh, serious about how he wants the game to be taken seriously yeah. and that's yeah. i respect that completely oh big time but there's always the me like can we put dope fish in this cave <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and he's just no like you can't like, come, yeah come, can we can't we yeah. though um yeah i'm already i already have i already have the role of narrator so pr- that's probably where i'm i, I will stay but yeah. it is neat to bring on it is neat to bring on other soloists and especially singers you know i think yeah. because as a singer my tendency is like well i'm just going to sing it it's like, well, no, I really want that like soprano voice, you know? Um, and Caitlin did a great job for the temple. Uh, and all of, actually, everything that Trey is mastering now will be, and I don't know if this will be an official announcement or not. I, I, I'm going to say this, and if it is an announcement, I don't know. But um, will, will, there will be like a, a Call of Sargonar prologue EP to kind of give, and I might have mentioned that before, where the, it's going to be just kind of all the music from the, the most recent demo and uh, and a little bit of, the stuff after uh, just to tide people over. So they have mm-hmm. something of like out in the world they can listen to. That's not just on bits and pieces on my Twitter or my SoundCloud or whatever. It'll be, you know, Spotify, iTunes, that whole, that whole thing. So when yeah. that next demo public demo or whatever you and Damian are planning, I'm not going to say anything else. Um, whenever, whenever the time is right, I will be releasing that EP kind of alongside of that. So people have stuff they can listen to, um, which will be fun. That'll be it's fun. Gonna- I'm excited. It's going to be really interesting. And one of the things that's like fantastic about you in general, the, you being part of the team is a, you're already really good at marketing yourself. So therefore the fact that you market yourself means you are therefore marketing the game and it's all a big, you know, self-feeding loop and that's great. And the other thing is that what you do iteratively, like when you create a track, you can share it, you know, we, we can't just mm-hmm. be like, 
you know, if, if Damian is working on some level that is incomplete and just like, you know, he can show that to some extent, but it's not really of much value right. to the, you know, the consumer or, right. or, or even our patrons. Like they want to see, you know, they want to see screenshots of really cool things and progress and hear about it, but he can't just like take every version of the demo and put, make it public. You know? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's actually, that's actually going to be a challenge for me because at this point moving forward, yeah. Um, especially like things beyond the demo and Damian mm-hmm. and I, and I've talked about this too, is I'll, I'll certainly be showing stuff to the, to the Patreon, to the Patreon members. Um, but as for the public eye, I'm going to have to keep a lot kind of under wraps, um, yeah. just due to story reasons and, and, and other stuff. Uh, yeah. cause you don't want to give everything away, especially, but so that's actually going to be a, a kind of a challenge for me because, and I mentioned this kind of in passing just a moment ago is that for the composers in the game the game dev scene so much of them finding work is by sharing their by sharing their work um and so for me you know i and i'm so you i mean you see my twitter i'm so used to just like you know at least once a week maybe twice a week showing whatever whatever it is i'm working on just something but at some point there will be a time uh it actually very soon where a lot of the stuff for, for call of sargonar i won't be able to show to the public eye um the stuff that I'm working on, but again, for patrons, for sure, I will certainly show little works in progress. Cause I think that's what patrons for, but, mm-hmm. uh, just for story purposes, location, you know, stuff in stuff in game that I know Damian wants to keep kind of under wraps for the finished product. It's, it's, so it's just going to be, it's going to be a weird shift for me. Um, so we'll see what happens. My Twitter might go silent. <laughs> I'm going to be in my hole <laughs> in this teal hole, just, uh, yeah. writing away. I guess. At what point will it become appropriate to be honest about the fact that you actually live in Damian's basement and you're chained to a desk? That's the plan. Yes, he's got he's, he's got my uh, plane ticket already. He's just but standing at the top of the stairwell. <laughs> it puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, one one of the things that I wanted to get into a little bit about the theme song was the fact that you did record this with a live orchestra, and that's. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was kind of like in processing into the game right. as this was happening and I was just trying to get my brain wrapped around what was going on here. But cause when you guys said like, we're going to record it with like the Budapest orchestra, I was like, I was thinking like, okay, so he's going to fly to Budapest and uh, stay in the grand Budapest hotel, just like the movie. Yeah. And like, what, what is, how did this tell the story of how this came to be? So for starters, so hiring an orchestra uh, isn't necessarily cheap, uh, yeah. especially for the, like Los Angeles, right? If I were to go, cause I live in the U S doing a, a fly to LA and do an LA orchestra, they're actually very expensive to hire versus, or even, even London actually is quite, quite expensive versus like Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. uh, Prague, uh, Budapest. Those are actually very this the caliber, the skill caliber is very much the same. The cost, for whatever reason, I don't even, I'm not going to go into the economics of it all, but the cost is actually very, it's much more manageable. Um, and so you'll see a lot of composers for indie films and games and so, and so forth work with Budapest, with Prague, uh, with um, the Czech Republic, all of that stuff, because it's just more cost effective for the indie scene, you know, versus mm-hmm. again, John Williams re- literally records with like the London Philharmonic or whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's, you know, those are the big wigs. So 
that's why I chose Budapest. How it works actually is is uh, they have a very low latency. I forgot what the software is called. It's very it's very much a low latency like we're doing right now, where like as soon as they play sound, it's it's funneling through my speakers. There's no video. I don't. There's no video of my face. I can. Uh, I actually can't see even see them. If I had a guest with me or sign, I had like a guest student or something come in and, and watch it, they could see it. For me, it was purely audio. It was just audio only. Um, ultra low latency. Uh, and so I booked an hour with them because I wasn't sure how used to like the more romantic era sounding, like literally like the four French horns and four parts doing all melodic stuff. I wasn't sure if they were used to that versus like what you'll hear in most films, which is like the brass, just like Hans Zimmer boys, you know, like, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't sure what they were. So I was like, I'm just going to give them, I'm going to book two 30 minute sessions just in case, you know, they're not used to this. Um, and un- it was actually unfortunate because the, the day I, I had to Skype in with them, you and you, you schedule it and you, 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 you book it all and you, you have to have things on like handed in on time and everything. The day, the day of the recording, I was actually, I was, it was the second day of me having COVID. So like mm-hmm. my fever was just out the roof. I felt right. awful, but like, what am I going to do? Not show up, you know? So fortunately I didn't have to fly to Budapest. Fortunately, yeah. I could just look like a sweltering lump in my <laughs> office here and just kind of like somehow get my way through it. Um, so unfortunately I don't, if I'm being honest, I the actual recording process was kind of, it's kind of hazy because I just felt so awful. Right. Um, but I do remember the first take. I do remember the first take. Cause I, I think they just, they weren't expecting what was, they're basically professional sight readers. They don't have, yeah, they don't, that's they what don't I was look at it. They don't yeah. look at it beforehand. Like they, the conductor might, but the players, they show up and they, they have a list of, here's the music that's in front of them the today, whatever it is, they play it on site. Um, which blows my mind because I'm so used to the classical music world. I worked with right. a, a local orchestra not too long ago and it's like, you know, you go to rehearsal and they practice it and then you're like, oh, well the flute line, I'm going to change the flute line a little bit there and just go home and then send it back to the next time we practice. Not this, this, it's like you show up, this is the music and they play this and only this. Um, so it was both remarkable and uh, like terrifying at the same time because by the by the last take they were nailing it. It was like this. I was like this, they're ready to go perform this and tour this thing. You know <laughs> they were just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so it it blows my mind these scoring orchestras. You know in, in Los Angeles, London, you name it, they are literally paid to sight read music. And I'm like that would be the most terrifying job of my <laughs> life if I had to do that. <laughs> Well, at least you're at least just for a recording. It's not like you, you're doing it. On yeah, stage right, right. An audience, or and anything. then yeah. So they had, I think it was a total of 15 takes, and the song is about it's two minutes. So yeah. they would play it through, and they would, you know, they they would say, "Are there any sections you know you want to go over?" And I would say, "Okay, well, measures, I don't know, 16 through 24 or something felt a little rough with the bassoons. Can we just do those few measures?" And they, you know, they go yeah. in, and then then of course you splice it all together, and it it, I mean, it's just. It was very, very cool. And I'm excited to work with them again for, uh, I have it slated in my little list to have, uh, two, maybe four tracks total, um, for call of Sargon or live recorded, like the special ones, Yeah, yeah. credits, credits, that sort of stuff, you know, um, just to tie, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I'm pretty sure when I have the credits music recorded, 
I'm going to cry. Like, I'm pretty sure like when I get to that point, it's just going to be like, we made it, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a very bittersweet day when that happens. Oh, no, it's going to be, uh, then the paycheck will come in and you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm happy again. <laughs> <Everything's>... <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, hopefully, you know, if, yeah. if everything goes the way I expect, but, uh, no, that's interesting how like I, I never would have guessed that they just sat down and sight read that in an hour because it came out so fantastically. Like I, yeah. I thought that was the kind of thing that you you had to practice for months or something like that. Well, that's the thing, and that's why yeah. that's why I booked two sessions too. Because again, they are sight. It really wasn't until you book thirty minute sessions. It really wasn't until that second thirty minute session that they were really getting it. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of odd meter changes. You know, goes from six eight time to moments of seven eight. I mean, it, it's just it's. It's again, I, I designed it to sound like, okay, I, this is, this is something that I would want to go. I want this to be something that people would want to go see live, right? Like yeah. a concert experience. Um, and that's how I constructed it. And that's how I'm constructing the rest of the soundtrack, which kind of takes it, it makes it take a little bit longer to make. Cause again, I'm approaching it from the angle of like, it's a little bit more intricate. It's a little bit more complex. It's a little bit more involved. It's not just like, here's the four chord progression and some stuff on top. It's like, no, it's, this is basically this is basically classical music in a soundtrack. Um, so it takes a little bit longer to to kind of make and mix because it's it's a different process. It's not just like I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not downplaying other music that doesn't do this by any means. I'm not doing that at all. But there's a different process between here's kind of like the drum loop for the 16 measures. It's it's very different than kind of constructing it. Um, how you would construct, I suppose, like hip hop music, where it's like here are the here's the same here are the loops that we kind of layer and kind mm-hmm. of move in and out and and change. Um, and again, not downplaying that whatsoever. It's just for me personally, uh, just this approach takes a little bit longer uh, <laughs> than other projects. Okay, so I understand that you want to continue to do live music, but I'm putting on my project manager hat and I got to lay down the law. I still want yeah. you to have the live recordings, but we're not going to use the Grand Budapest Hotel Orchestra anymore. You're going to go. I need you to go down to the local middle school, and <laughs> we're going to get the full soundtrack <laughs> like that. <laughs> the cellist section of one cellist, basically, yeah. and like thirty violins. <laughs> you know, we didn't have stringed instruments in my school bands at all. There were none. We didn't have a yeah, string section whatsoever. It was all brass and percussion. Yeah, and yeah, concert band. Yeah, we have a local youth orchestra that I've always wanted to do something for them just because they are local. And I live in the little, literally no, in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, just kind of getting myself in the community and stuff, but um, haven't had a chance yet. They're still kind of, they're still kind of growing their orchestra, their little youth orchestra. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of, a lot of great concert bands around here. I've worked with one and um, you know what you described all brass and stuff. Even uh, in our, even in our, like our high school symphonic band, there were no strings. Like we nobody really? did that. It was like usually a symphonic band will at least have like a double bass player. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know what if it was just budget or like, and it may it could have very easily been like, look, man, these kids they cannot afford cellos and shit. So <laughs> yeah. like, let's just not <laughs> likely do the case. Like, yeah, you know, like that kind very of thing. Very likely like the, the case. The school was like, oh, can we afford to you know purchase a bunch of them? And they're like, no, nah, we ain't got the budget for that. We need to. <laughs> yeah. We need to spend that on the administrators. He needs a raise. He only makes $400,000 a year. You know, it's not fair to him. That kind of, that's, I mean, that's Alabama uh, politics for you. Yeah. <laughs> public, public school system management. But, um, 
No, but then I we didn't. It was weird because uh, we didn't have a wrestling team either. And then I like I'd go to other high schools or see other high schools when I got older, and, and it's like shit, man. These kids got it great. It's cool. They have all this stuff. Like what? What happened to our school? Yeah. Why does it? Yeah. If it's any that? consolation, if it's any consolation, yeah. I went to, and I loved my high school. It was like a college yeah. prep, like all boys high school. Loved it was you know hoity toity out the wazoo, you know, but uh, got a music scholarship and was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm going here, whatever. You know, grateful for it, grateful for my parents for sending me there, whatever. Great education, mm-hmm. but um, there was the the run the talk of the basically the joke of the the entire city of Philadelphia was that Holy Ghost Prep didn't have a football team and it was an all boys high school. So, oh, <laughs> so uh, our music program was very slim. Uh, we didn't have much of a music program when I was there. Um, but I will say the coolest part. Okay. So the coolest part, and my wife makes fun of me about this all the time was that the way the music kids, the music kids at Holy, at our, at our ghost, at our, at our high school, Holy ghost prep would get to meet girls was we'd do all the musicals for the girl, all girls high schools. So <laughs> we would, so we would all audition. And I actually, I actually really enjoyed doing the musicals and stuff. We had our own, you know, so that was kind of like the way that, you know, even with the music programs, like, Oh, we're going to do a mixed choir, not just boys and not just girls. We're, oh, all the mixed. And we're going to go take a trip to Florida or whatever. It was always yeah. like, it was always like, this is how you get a girlfriend. If you're, if you go to one of these schools is like join <laughs> the music program and do the musicals. Um, yeah. But it I'm was complaining about not having stringed instruments. And you're like, <laughs> we didn't even have girls at my school like, <laughs> or football team. I'm pretty sure they even have like a t-shirt that's like undefeated since 1891 yeah. or whatever, like football. But um, yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the pretty much again, right. The running joke. Uh, but I, I will say that like, I, I never thought, to kind of try to keep things on topic. I never thought like when I was in high school, like singing and that's my primary, my primary instrument. I played the organ, but mainly I'm mainly a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, was like, I never thought like playing games, like I'd be like doing this. Uh, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think it ever hit me like until actually very recently. It's like, you know what? I'm actually like doing this. You know, I'm like, like I'm actually writing music for games. Like it, it took me about four years to kind of sit with the fact of like, I'm actually, I'm actually doing the thing like in high school. I never even thought, I never even thought of it as a career. Um, I just liked playing games. I mean, I, I'd be playing world of Warcraft with all the boys and being like, ah, oh, man, I love the, I love this tune in this dungeon or whatever. Like it never, I never crossed my mind like that that was going to be the direction that I'd be going. Um, so it's very, it's very humbling in that way. It's very, it's very interesting. And it, may not mean a lot to people to, to, to those who don't really kind of get games or, or understand video games or whatever. But I think when you grow up with something that connects you to the people around you, or especially the day, the days before the internet, where it's like the only way you really knew about like what to do with a game was like talk, like go to a friend's house and be like, man, I can't beat this boss. How did you do it? Like yeah. there wasn't the internet. Um, like having that experience growing up and now being like, okay, well now I'm on the other side. Like now I get to actually create that experience for, someone else. I mean, especially yeah. music. And I think when, whenever you, I don't know if you've ever been to like a video games live concert, um, you know, where they bring in an orchestra and play music from like battlefield to final fantasy, to Zelda or whatever it is. I've seen that like videos of that, but I've never been to one. It's, 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 I would say it's comparable to like seeing your favorite band. And like, if you've ever seen your favorite band, there's this sort of aura in the room where like everybody's kind of, everybody suddenly becomes everybody else's best friend, unless there's like a mosh pit. But for the most, but even then I guess they're friends. So, 
it's the same vibe. You know, you go and you sit in front of an orchestra and they're playing Legend of Zelda and like a certain, you know, tune comes up and everyone just starts cheering. It's one of the coolest things. And I yeah. think it's that kind of experience that I hope to achieve long-term goal, obviously. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to inflate myself too much. You know, I'm just a guy making music, but I would say that one of my long-term goals is really to have, whether it's music from Call of Sagnar or whatever it is that I've worked on as part of one of those large video games, live concerts, because it's, it's, it's something that connects the people so well and not, not just because it's music, but it's because it's music from something they connected with at home, you know, and, and just brings it to life even more. Um, I don't know. I could geek on about this forever, but that's for me, it's, I think it's, it's when I see moments like that, that I'm like, this is why I do what I do. It's not, it's not about the music. It's not even just about the game. It's about the co- the connective whole. It's yeah, about yeah. the, Hey, I played Call of Saragonar. Did you? Oh, I love that spot. It's, it's, it's that element. That's what I love so much about working in this field. I think bringing people together, man, you know, yeah. that's, with all art, it's like, it's, you know, you, you kind of hope for that one, even if it's like, you're a complete failure, right. You're Van Gogh or something like that. What you always want is like that, that one guy who like, you know, meets you somewhere and just like, Oh, you know, that one thing that you did that was like, yeah. this is something that most people don't even approach you about or whatever. Like that was my right. favorite thing in the world or, or yeah. when, when two people, uh, you know, you, call us Ragnar hypothetically one day could be the conversation starter that brings two lifelong best friends or even a, a couple or something like that together. Right. Um, I mean, right. think about all these, like, like QuakeCon, that kind of thing. It's just like yeah. this game. People bonded over this game so much that they like now every year they want to get together and uh, hang out. And you know, yeah. the whole time I was at QuakeCon in 2019, I did not. I don't think I played much Quake at all. I spent very little time actually playing right. the game. It was all just running around with my friends and going to restaurants and drinking beer and yeah. watching matches together and all that kind of thing. Like that was what was so cool about it. Um, schmoozing at the dinner table, rubbing elbows yeah. with other people in the, you know, in the yeah. game and esports industry. I mean, that was what was, that's what's special. You're right. Right. And, you know, you mentioned sort of getting those comments of like, Hey, like you're the, you're, you know, thank you for doing this or whatever it is. It's, I will say one of the, I, one of the most touching moments I had uh, over the last year, especially with music is, and I don't, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, Ty, but like sort of my, um, kind of side albums that I'll do with my side music, my singer songwriter stuff. But I, I released an album last year, actually, Holy cow, like a year ago from tomorrow, like November 6th last year, um, called Rosewater. And I got an email a couple of months ago. Someone emailed me saying like, Hey, just wanted to say, you know, I listened to your song on your album. Uh, and it kind of, instilled a conversation that I know like my, my fiance and I needed to have. And it actually really helped us kind of talk about things. It was very, it was very, it was very, uh, I would say, I don't want to, I don't like to use the word deep, but it was more, the the album was about kind of darker topics and and more difficult topics. Um, and to get that email just from like, Hey, like we listened and, you know, I just want to say your song did this for me and my fiance. Like it was like one person, you know, you think of like, okay, you want You want to touch the whole world or whatever it is as, as an artist. But it was like the fact that one person just said, hey, your song actually opened up a conversation between my fiance and I. I was like, if I die tomorrow, like I'd be fine. <laughs> you know, like it was one of those things where it meant so much because it was just one person who who shared their experience connecting with my with my work. 
and like that kind of makes it all worth. That kind of makes the the tough parts all all worth it. I'd say. Now it's I think about that sometimes that, you know, of the people who do listen to this podcast, you know, if they really do listen to every episode, I heard that one. I'm gonna get up and close the door real quick. I'm actually I might leave that in if it wasn't too overwhelming for them. No, it was cool. What? <laughs> yeah. Holy cow, that distracted me big time. So, what was I just saying? Holy cow, I'm like a I'm like a goldfish today. Um, damn airplane ruining my podcast. Oh yeah, podcast. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it came came back to me. Um, you ever do that thing where it's like if you forget what you're doing or whatever, you get up and you walk out of the door, and when you come back through the threshold, it comes back to you. <laughs> it comes back, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, anyway, so. Someone, if someone really does listen to every episode of In the Keep podcast, then they spend sometimes three hours a week or more hearing my voice all the time. Like that is really bizarre. But and I know how I feel about Joe Rogan or like uh, you know Chris Ryan or these like fantastic podcast interviewers who I who I admire and I try to model myself in some fashion after because I admire their skills. But I know that like I know him. Like Chris yeah. Ryan, I know that guy. He has yeah. no idea who the fuck I am. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he doesn't know anything about me, but I've like heard this guy's life story. I've heard his wife speak, you know, like I know every detail of his career because I've spent hundreds of hours just, you know, what I'm riding my bike or taking a walk or doing yeah. the dishes with his voice playing into my ear. Um, and it means a lot to me when I do see someone like they'll come in the discord or something like that. And they just say like, Hey man, you know, this, this particular one, like so much to me or something like that. And that makes it all, that's what makes it all worth it. You know, it's not like this is a million dollar enterprise or anything. So yeah, (laughs) no, it's true. It's true. And that's the thing too, is, is especially like, especially in regards to call of Sargonards, like all we can do at the end of the day, no matter what you're working on, no matter who's working on what, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to just putting your best foot forward and just getting it out there. Really. Yeah. I mean, because I think so often artists, musicians, uh, literally visual artists, programmers, game developers, they we have we we can all get so caught up in we can get so caught up in like it's gotta be this perfect thing. And sure, you you obviously you, you obviously want to polish and stuff, but we get so caught up in like the what ifs and like, oh well, it could have been better, or it could have been this, or it should have done that, or I should have done this. It's like literally all you can do is just do your best and send it out there and keep walking, right? Like that's 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 it. Um, I know I struggled with that for a long time, a few years back. I'm just like <laughs> really like hyper, hyper perfectionistic. I mean, I'm already kind of a perfectionist, but this was like on another level. This was like I can't sleep at night kind of perfectionism. And um, once you – I mean once I kind of got into the habit of just, you know what, this is, this is my best – at this point in my life, 10 years from now, I may look back and be like, wow, that sounds like garbage. But now this is my best and therefore I will send it out into the world. Um, and you just hope that people resonate with it. And if not, then you just make something else and you keep going. You hope to, you know, iteratively get better over time. I mean, it would be sad, yeah. you know, if you're, you know, 80 years old and your, your life is coming to an end and you, the only thing you just nostalgic about that one time when you made the call of Sir Ragnar soundtrack. And then that was the last great moment of your life. And then yeah, <laughs> like we don't want that. We want you to do this and then do all the sequels and get a bunch of other sequels. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be like 15, you know, we're like, this is the next final fantasy. No, I'm kidding. But 
That would be great. <laughs> I mean, it's job security for us, at least. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know, by the time you've made 15 games, we've probably sold the intellectual property and like, yeah. it's some, you know. Uh, that is a question for Damian yeah. that I, I I'm curious I'm curious to know if 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 once he's done Call of Sagner if he'll make anything else. I think that'll that's always the golden question I have in the back of my mind is like would there be anything else or is this going to be kind of like his magnum opus and um, call <laughs> like he it a doesn't day, even you know? want to be a game designer he just wants to make Call of Sagner kind of thing like yeah that's it. right like I wonder if that's fades <laughs> into <laughs> into his retirement years. <laughs> we never we never hear from him again just the paycheck comes yeah, right, just off him. the planet off the grid he's done <laughs> i i don't think so I, I i strongly get the feeling that he has the he has a lot more to contribute to the game yeah. industry in general i agree and uh um, maybe, maybe i know some shit you don't i'll keep it to myself <laughs> yeah. well we can talk after this off the record talk but yeah yeah no no he's I think he'll stick around. I hope so. Yeah. I'll ask him in the yeah. next the next devlog thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, that's you- <laughs> that's that's the toughest part. I think is is uh, even creatively. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a musician too, it's like when you're done one thing, it's like, well, I got to start something else now. Um, it's always exciting. It's always exciting, but it's also always like you get so into the groove with one with one project that suddenly there's a different project, and it's like. Ground zero, yeah. you know, here we go. <laughs> from, I had a from the long stop. conversation with a friend recently about, it was actually with my younger brother. Um, we were talking for a long time and I was telling him like, you know, completing a goal does not make me feel good. It's the process that matters to me the most, right? like the pursuit of the goal. Yeah. Uh, because every time I finish something awesome, I am immediately depressed until I find the next thing that's like- right all of my i'm inspired and all my focus is going into it like when i when i got home as soon as i got off the plane from realms deep and it was over i was like legitimately i felt all of the symptoms of like clinical depression for like a a couple of days at least and like (sighs) gotta get back on the horse so and then 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 something else comes on and i'm like oh yeah now i'm normal like but i'm like addicted to that i want to say i mean you might say i'm a workaholic but uh (laughs) you know i'm i love the process i love the the par- part of this that is working with you guys and working with the team and like moving towards something bigger right um, yeah that you know the, that holds a lot of weight too i've i've been reflecting on that actually most recently uh i was talking with some friends as well as uh maria my wife at home it, it, there's like this i this 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 kind of goal i set for myself 5 years ago I was like, mm-hmm. okay, when I, you know, when I start making this amount of money and work on these many projects and making this kind of music, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be so satisfied. I'm going to be great. Well, five years later, I'm doing all those things, hitting those numbers, working on the things that I love. And I'm like, well, nothing's changed. <laughs> that was when it was kind of like, for me personally, it was like, that's when I know that there's more, it's not a, like you kind of mentioned, it's not for me. I think you and I can kind of share in this. It's not necessarily about hitting the goals. It's a matter of like, it's a matter about like having them, having them and working towards them and, and always, always trying to work towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like if I, if I, it's, it's just literally proof. It's like, okay, like five years ago, this is where I wanted to be. Didn't know when I was going to get there, but here I am now. I am no more or no less satisfied than I was five years ago. Cause it's just, there's always, there's always going to be the next step. There's always going to be, well, this is what I want to work toward now. Um, 
it's just an interesting phenomenon. And so maybe, maybe we're both workaholics. Maybe we're both, uh, maybe we both have problems. <laughs> There's that thing though, about how, you know, they say, if you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life. And yeah. ever since I got into this whole video game thing, whatever you want to call it, I haven't, the hours that I've spent doing that are not work to me. I'm like, I, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, this is my yeah. purpose. And it might yeah. not even necessarily be video games, but just like finding the running projects that are the pursuit of goals and helping other people to accomplish them is right. extremely satisfying to me. Like I, I yeah. literally love the, just the fact that uh, Damian saw me as someone who could be useful and that put me in a role that I could be, you know, and the same thing with Fred Schreiber or whatever. Like I don't necessarily see this stuff right. in myself, but knowing that I, I have a, I want to say a purpose, but you know, like a, a use, a skill, a talent that can be lent right. to other helping other people do what they, their goals are. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not That's even awesome. one of the project. I can't talk too much about this, but one of the projects I'm working on is like not the kind of game I ever would have imagined being a part of. And, and, you know, in my mind for all this time, I've always been thinking about like, well, what are the, the types of games that I usually enjoy or the kind of games that I want to mm-hmm. make? You know, yeah, that's always for me, at least been shooters and that kind of thing. Uh, but as soon as I got my hands on it, I was just, oh, I, all of the same principles of my use apply to this. And also I'm broadening my horizon of what I think I can do. Right. Right. And yeah. It's like what you said about just finding yourself in like, you're always wanting more. And uh Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying, trying to see an end state where I would do the, a pull a dummy on and just fade off into existence. Like I'm done now. Right. I don't know if I could do it. Um, no, it's tough, especially in the creative world. Um, cause I, I, I think of now, you know, okay. When I turn, I don't know, whenever I retire, would I really, would I, would I really just stop writing music? Like probably not. Like would I ever really being just financially stop? dependent on it? Maybe, you know, like maybe that's right. <laughs> right. It's like, if I'm 85 and like I, I have everything I need, whatever it is, it's like, would I still probably want to make some new music? Probably, you know, I'd probably still yeah. want to do something. Um, well, like, why does Elon Musk go to work? Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. once you got a trillion dollars or whatever, like why does he? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I think that's, it's just, just the human condition too. Yeah. I think, it, I think there is a certain desire to, 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 produce and to do and to um i certainly think it can go to an extent where if you're doing too much all just too much period it can have an adverse reaction but um i think it's i think it's only normal to have the to have the desire to Hmm. want to contribute to the larger world um and i know that can be a struggle for some but uh depending on their upbringing or or uh like you know you mentioned clinical depression like gosh if you got depression it's it's hard to even want to do anything period but um yeah it's it's i think it's it's part of the it's part of the human condition whether it's in games or whether it's in i don't know business or wherever you are wherever you work in life there's a there's a certain desire i would say to you want it you want to make a difference um the challenge is is being able to recognize that that differences can be made on a small scale yeah. Uh, and I think this especially goes for game designers and composers and especially in the indie scene, whatever you name it. It's like, you can still make a difference even if it's not, you know, the next undertale, right. Or whatever it is like, you can still make a difference in someone's 
room, <laughs> right? Maybe they're it's having a bad day, a, you know? a wisdom or a maturity thing to think about things that way. And I'm, you know, I'm a baby in life, you know, I'm still in the, what are you, the spring of my, my you know, adolescence, the, the year of my life, really. But just kidding. Well, I'm actually, I'm, you know, if we could, if we cut it into 25 years a piece and hopefully I live to be a hundred, I'm, I'm only just, just into the second quarter of that. And I okay. don't think I'm going to live to be a hundred. Yeah. But what you're saying, I think is wise that, uh, you know, when you're a teenager, you want to change the world, right? You know, I want right. to be in the rock band that changes culture and shocks audiences and all this kind of thing. Or you want to go join the Peace Corps. You want to join the military. Right. Or, you know, make a huge difference. Um, but like once you're at the end of that, you know, the most mature thing you could do is be like, well, I can make life really good for my grandchildren, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just an armchair psychologist here, but I do, I do think that there's some wisdom in that. Um, I think of like farmers, like local farmers. I mean, that's something when I, when I moved, so I grew up in Philadelphia, when I moved to rural Michigan and I'm surrounded by nature and just like super down. I mean, gosh, my, my in-laws are all plumbers. They're the most down to earth people I've ever met. Like I'm the lone, like weirdo artsy guy in the family. Okay. They're all plumbers. They're all tradesmen. They're all craftsmen. They're all, I mean, carpenters, you name it. When I see sort of that lifestyle, like, and then again, I, I literally live around all these farms and cows and stuff and airports and planes. And I think, I think of like, you know, someone, I know it sounds so, it sounds so silly, but like someone's making the corn that's making the cornbread that's feeding the family, you know? So it's, it's, if we can, I, I personally just think, and I go, this is kind of an interesting topic to be talking about on this podcast personally, it just kind of happened this way. But, um, I think if we can all kind of, as, as folks in the game industry kind of recognize the, the importance of the little changes, the little changes that you can make for just, again, maybe someone's having a bad day and they just, you know what? I heard this game. Valkyrie just came out. My day was awful. I'm going to turn it on. And they're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And you just made, I mean, it, Valkyrie, Call of Saragnar, whatever, may never be the next big Minecraft or, or you name it, you name it, Undertale, the, the overnight successes. But it kill it still it still can make a difference. It can still it can still do what those huge games can do on a much smaller scale, which is just as important. I don't yeah. know. That's how I like to look at life, at least. Uh, Helps me sleep. Uh, of the various projects that I work on within the keep in general, like Call of Stragnar is unique in that group because it is a ready-made team. Like it was like just okay. Over uh, part, basically, I'm just like I'm gonna join your team, and then Damian, if you could just like act like my company is a bigger deal than it is. That way, I get something out of it. That would be great. Right. Like that's you know, and then but th- part of what I really love, you know, about the other teams is that the the assembly of bringing people together who have li- like talents that complement each other. Like I, I looked at um, Uber and I looked at uh, Scumhead, <laughs> Sam and, and <laughs> Sam and Michael. And I was like, you're my favorite level designer. And I looked at mm. Scumhead and I'm like, you're like my favorite artist right now. And you both work in the Doom Engine. You're both so good at what you do. Like if I brought you together, maybe we could all make something that's really special. Like that. that's yeah. kind of how I think. And uh, and that's part of why I think I'm useful in many ways is that I, I have a, the podcast has created this huge network of like, I know so many people with so much talent. You know, I, when I walk into uh, 
a room or you know, a chat room or whatever, and somebody's like, hey, do you know anybody who can do so-and-so? I'm looking for him for my game, and I can just rattle off like, yeah, I know exactly the right guy for that. You yeah. know, that that's yeah. so special to me, and I really yeah. do. It's not like a power. It's more like a, you know, just a, like I said earlier, um, feeling useful, feeling like you're contributing yeah. in some way. Yeah, and, that's great. And, no, I love it, Ty. You're doing great things, and yeah. it's an honor to know you and just to to be part of the larger network. I may not, I may not hang out on your Discord. I may not hang out, period, on any Discord at all, ever. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> um, it's terrible. It is, it is cool to see. It is cool to see what you're doing. Uh, and what kind of community you're, you're creating. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of funny cause it's, it's, I'm always, especially in the, in the, in the keep and, and that 3d realms, you know, world side of the, it's like, I always kind of feel like this, this stream. like, again, we even had the audio podcast where like someone mentioned that like the, uh, the doom theme. And I'm like, you know, question mark, you know, like not, that was so not cool to me. I enjoy, I just loved that. <laughs> And that, that's what I love about you in general is that you are like a complete, like you live in this different kind of cultural world of like what kind of art you're exposed to and enjoy and all that. But, but that means you have something to contribute, right? Right. And you bring that to the table and you're, you're adding a new spice to a dish that I had never considered could taste as good as it does. And like, that's what I admire so much about you. And like, I knew that for that panel, you would be the odd man out. It was going to be just. <laughs> I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to it. Every time someone uh, asks about you or brings you up to me, my, my first response is always like, I feel inappropriate being on a team with him because he's too sweet and nice and innocent. <laughs> and I feel like I'm corrupting him. And- uh, gosh. I know. Well, I just, you know, here's the thing. I try yeah. to find, the, I try to find, I try to find joy in every moment. And I think, again, I think we had a pretty heavy loss in our family last year. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife had some pretty bad health things when we first got married. Like, I think through that, I've, I've come to realize that it's like, we can only, sure, it's, it's, it's important. It's important to process certain things, but it, I think we can only create our own happiness to some degree. And and so I try to, if nothing else, I just try to be as joyful as I can, even when it feels like the world is burning as we've seen over the last year, you know, and I, I I don't know. That's just the philosophy that I've had. Uh, I jump into my ice bath in the morning and feel great and say, you know what, this day is going to be awesome. And I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I don't know. That's just my approach to life. (laughs) Yeah. This is like, (laughs) welcome to the, This is like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or, or uh, Bob Ross painting of a podcast. You know? I'm sorry. I know this is probably not serving your audience at all it's whatsoever. This is this show is for the Seragnar audience specifically. Like so. Okay. Yeah. You know, and and little do they know the guy. <laughs> this the call of Seragnar composers just just likes cold water and is happy. <laughs> is a jolly soul. <laughs> no, it's a. It, there's a. A routine to that, like the, the simple things that you do, your the things that you personally or anybody does throughout their day that you know keeps them sane or whatever. Right. You know, if, if, that's, if you need to jump in a bucket of ice in the morning to it's be great. happy, none of my business. You know, <laughs> whatever. You know, it, it it makes me more creative. It 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 does. Ever since I've been taking ice baths every day, I or cold showers or whatever, I sometimes alternate whatever I feel like that day. It has made it has made me more productive. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like like two hundred percent. What's it, the, the heat shock proteins that it creates or whatever? And it 
because it sends your body your it makes your body think it's going to die right so then you get like flooded with endorphins or what i don't know how that works yeah you get a, you get a lot of endorphins you get a lot of uh, dopamine and all that good stuff uh and actually you train eventually you you learn to just not be stressed like yeah. eventually you can just kind of chill out like the first, the first few times it's pretty tough, but I, over time, it's just, it's just, just like, oh, I'm just hanging out in cold water. I feel great. But, have you seen, um, seen that guy Wim Hof? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a huge, nice I'm man. a huge practitioner of his method. That's how I started actually. Oh, okay. Do you do the breathing stuff too? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Do the breathing every day, do the cold every day. And I have felt great. <laughs> yeah. For the record. I know people are like, I don't know about that, but I, I, I've got to say it's, it's, it's been a life changer. So are you uh, my anxiety like, is like way down actually since starting it. Anxiety yeah. has been like non-existent. When are you going to hike up Everest in your flip-flops then? I don't know. I want to do it. I know Ben, I know Ben is going to do it. Uh, I don't know if he mentioned this on your podcast with him, but huh. uh, he's, That's he's going to be going up Mount Kill. Well, there's a then, Kilimanjaro? Not Kilimanjaro. No, not Kilimanjaro. Um, in Poland. Uh, mm. somewhere in Poland, there's a mountain. He's, he's going out there, I believe in February to do, to do that, to, to literally wear shorts and flip-flops and go up in the snow. Um, which for me, again, sounds very exciting. I'm very <laughs> jealous, uh, would be quite a cost for me to go out there. So I'm not going to do it, but, um, yeah. I mean, that's, I had no idea that either of you were doing that. Like, that's just, yeah. That's ben got me into it. Ben was the one. He was like, you really should try the Wim Hof method. And I was like, Why? And he was like, well, it might help your anxiety, might help you feel better. I was like, all right, fine. I'll give it a try. Boom. Feel great. Man. Maybe not every day. Some days, some days I'm just like, some days, I mean, some days are just bad days, but, uh, you know, do I have to like buy like a DVD set or a book or like, how do you, how do you do that? No, either he has free tutorials, uh, free tutorials on YouTube that you can watch. He has like a pay, like a paid course that kind of get more detailed, but the basics, all you need is a YouTube channel. But that's, anyway, that's wild. <laughs> that is so like a left, left field. I did not know that either of you guys were doing that. I have like, I've heard of plenty us. of interviews with that guy and like how, you know, it all sounds like super interesting. I, uh, I tried some of that breathing like once just to see like, what is he talking about? Like tried to recreate what he's saying he's doing. And it was interesting, but I didn't pursue it any further. Maybe I should though. Maybe yeah. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like med- meditation is a big part of how I deal with stress. Yeah, that's great. Like, because uh, it's not the it's not not thinking. It's recognizing when you're thinking about something that you yeah ought not to be thinking about or whatever, and like just getting really centered in with like you're in control of your consciousness to some extent. Right. Big change, life changer for me. And, yeah, and that's great though because we live in a world now too that it's so unfocused mm-hmm. with like social media and all that stuff, all those little notifications. Like you said, being able again, it's not the not thinking; it's it's being able to bring yourself back in, right. pulling yourself back, pulling yourself back. Um, and that's what, uh, you know, I think that's great. You, that's that's awesome. You do that. I'm glad to hear that. That's helpful. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be uh, this podcast is going to be like somebody's like. I thought we were talking about music and just like, <laughs> yeah, right. I know how little we talked to gosh, I'm embarrassed. No, we, we did. We talked this. for like the first hour about mostly like music and production and your philosophies on that. But then it became like a, that, I've noticed this and through many instances of interviewing people that usually the first roughly 45 minutes to an hour, if, if it's not someone you talk to all the time and you can just hit the ground running, 
is a uh, is a bit of a struggle to just get comfortable and you're, you're like you're iterative and you're thinking like okay what should I say next and then at yeah. some point around the hour or so mark it becomes a conversation it becomes like a flowing thing um, which is why like because some people have said before like uh, you know how come you're they're so long or whatever like uh, you know why not just do like an hour and just keep it and that that's easy yeah. or like I feel like you get the best out of someone you really get to know someone further into a conversation. It, right. It's a whole process. Um, now I have had, you know, ones that lasted like I had one that lasted four and a half hours. And I felt oh like gosh. the whole time I was just com- after that first hour, completely engaged. I didn't want to leave. You know, I could have talked. <laughs> wow. That's intense. Yeah. But, but once in a while you meet somebody who can just, you don't need, I don't even yeah. have to say anything. They're just hit the ground running. And Dave Oshry yeah. from new blood was yeah. like that. Or he's like, I, I might as well, like, I could just leave the room and come back. Yeah. He's still going to be excited to be talking. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love Dave. He's, he's very good at what he does to you. Yeah. Dude. Uh, speaking of cutting it to a time, it's a, I've had an hour and a half of your day so far. So, uh, Hey, it's been a great covered, hour and a half. I will yeah. say that much. It's been we, awesome. We covered everything that I sought out to cover. Not that I, I said at the beginning of this, I didn't prepare anything. So that was it. Right. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at this point, I think for the patrons who listen or whoever, or whoever's listening and, you know, just to, just to anticipate, uh, there'll be more details soon about, um, the little EP prologue EP for, from call of Saragonar, which will include, if you've played the demo, mm-hmm. uh, that'll include those songs as well as a few more. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll do my best to keep everyone posted as much as I can without revealing too much along the way. But, I'm I'm I I'll be try, I'll be working on this for a long time I'm sure so <laughs> there's more to come. Well, on behalf of the fans and myself, uh, and the supporters and everything, thank you for giving us a little window into your psyche there now. And now I hope that I hope that what this does ultimately, uh, this little project of the the monthly devlog thing, um, creates that personal connection between you know like them and us you guys and all this like so that they you know, i feel like if you understand how someone thinks you appreciate their art more and you're more attached to it you're more likely to give them your money i'm just playing <laughs> but, <laughs> but i mean to some extent that might be true i'm not sure but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome well, hey, no, i'm 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 trying i try to be as much of an open book as i can you know we get, whether it's about music whether whether it's about life whether it's about jumping in cold water, whatever it is. Like I, I try to be as transparent as I can because, um, you know, I think especially in the music world, you see a lot of gatekeeping. You see a lot of like, just, you got to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And then you can get your foot in the door that I'm just trying to be as transparent as I can. I'm even opening the floor completely. Anyone who listens to this, you know, like if you just want to email me like, Hey, uh, tell me about your process or whatever it is. Like I, I am a complete open book about anything. Um, always here for anyone. So email me anytime, reach out. I'm not scary. I promise. I have a little Kirby, uh, plush up in the corner, which proves that I'm not scary. Right. See, this is where I think I'm going to corrupt you. Cause my first reaction to you saying, I'll, anybody can email me. I'm like, you're going to get dick pics. That's the first thing I think. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully I don't get one of those. <laughs> Unless it's from you, Ty. It won't won't be from me. 
I hope it doesn't come from anyone unless you want that, but you've said you don't. Definitely not. Please don't do that. Uh, Please don't do that or else I'll have to block your email address uh, and (laughs) be very polite about it. (laughs) That's a good place. That's a good place to cut it. Thank you.